2: And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by my good friend, I'm going to try to go easy on her today, Jihei Wiley, my favorite uh, New York Giants fan. Hey, how are you doing this morning or this or this today, this evening? How are you?
0: Well, I can tell you this. I turned the television off after the third quarter. So, or, yeah. So, um, not so great. Um, I'm officially now a Rams fan. Oh so wow! So go Rams. <laughs> go go Rams. Uh, happy for that W that they got against Seattle. Um, happy for my boyfriend who is a huge Rams fan. So um, go Rams. I uh, I'm I'm done with. If you can't show up at all. Against the Cowboys, it's like they forgot to do their homework and study for the test, and then they just came out with a big fat F yeah. uh, for the next day. So I just I'm really disappointed, especially considering um, that Dabo was supposed to be, you know, the second coming for the G men. So I'm just really disappointed. I hope they learn from this. We've been we've gone into the season zero and two before and won a Super Bowl. So I I should be turning my Attitude upside down, but other than that, I'm just really, really mad. So yeah, I turned the television off after the third quarter. So I,
2: if they turn it around, I'll come back. But for now, go Rams. <laughs> yeah, listen. I mean, it's one thing to lose, but you know, to lose forty to nothing, first time since 1999, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers did it, winning a game in the first game of the season, forty to zero or worse. Uh, but it was a good day for uh, Las Vegas in terms of the Raiders. That's why we're going to head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us, the voice of Las Vegas, the Sporting Tribunes, Steve Carp. Carpie, how are you doing? Well, I thought I was your favorite New York Giants fan. But I just oh, that's right. oh that. that's right. I'm sorry about that. That's right. You guys are my top two. Uh, well, Carpie, let's just start there. I mean, you, you're, you know, you don't live there anymore. But uh, was that a little bit tough watching what happens to the Giants in week one? I turned it off in the second quarter.
3: <laughs> wow. I, I didn't
1: last till the third quarter, so I give her a lot of credit for staying with it as long as she did. Uh, yeah, it's uh, very disillusioning. It reminded me of the giant teams of the late 60s that were just horrible, and, and even into the 70s. Oh, you know, like pre-Parcells. Yeah, right. whole era of uh, Ali Sherman, Joe Morrison, uh john mcveigh ray perkins those guys it's just it's just tough to watch but uh i'll tell you you know it's one game so i'm not making too much of it and just like as we're about to talk about the raiders it's just one game but the difference is the raiders were competitive for 60 yep. minutes the giants were competitive for zero minutes yep so big big difference yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, all right. So let's
2: head into it. Week one. Week one is always one of those tough years, uh, tough weeks where you're trying to figure out what teams look like. You know, new uh, players, new coaches for the uh, for the Raiders. Top story on the Sporting Tribune today. Carpe, your column. The Raiders find yeah. themselves in an unusual spot. Their first place in the division. That's right. You know, the Chiefs lost, obviously. So um, G- Jimmy Garoppolo, first uh, start for him. Uh, it was a very G like game. He did what he had to do to win. Right. Carp, your general thoughts on this big week one. And when I say big week one, you're going on the road, you're going to Denver, they got a new coach, they got Sean
1: Payton, and you'll find a way to come out with a win. You know what, you know what the last thing impression for me was, rush. The last five-plus minutes when Russell Wilson was glued to the sideline like that fan was at the U S open super glued his feet to the the, uh, cementer and Coco golfs match that, you know, that's a game the Raiders have traditionally lost over the years, finding a way, take a stupid penalty, give up a big chunk play, you know, blow an assignment. We didn't see that yesterday. They, they looked like a well-coached team and they found a way to win a game that normally they would lose. That that was my lasting impression. Uh, I thought Garoppolo, I'll tell you what, that first drive when he got knocked down and had to go off for a couple of plays, I said, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, I figured it would take a few weeks for him to get KO'd, not like the first series. But, you know, he came back and he found Jacoby Myers and – And um, overall, I thought his play was pretty good for a first time seeing live action uh, with a new team. Uh, I thought the offensive line played well. And I thought, you know, obviously Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, they've got two guys that they could go to at any point in the game and find a way to make plays and, and move the chains and get first downs and ultimately find the end zone. So, I would say overall it's like a A minus, B plus kind of game for the Raiders. It, it gave you confidence
2: that it was sustainable because again, you know, the problem with week one is, you know, we don't know yet how good the Broncos are. Again, they, they were terrible last year. I think they will be much improved this year with uh, Sean Payton. But now going into a big matchup next week on the road at Buffalo, um, mm-hmm. what did you see that that led you to believe, okay, this isn't just like a one week thing. I mean, I mean these could be the seeds planted for a a pretty good
1: team. I'll go back to the play of both the offensive and defensive lines. I mean, Max Crosby, I don't care who they're playing every week, the opponents could have a hard time handling him. Yeah. And and let's remember, Chandler Jones was inactive for the game yesterday. Who knows what's going to be with him? I mean, if they can get this thing sorted out and get him on the field you know, then at least they have somebody to go along with Crosby. Yeah. But overall, you know, the offensive line, I thought, giving Garoppolo a pretty clean pocket to work from. And, and you know, Josh Jacobs will get better. Yeah. I have no doubt. I mean, you know, the rust was evident. His not being in training camp certainly impacted his play. <laughs> Excuse me. But overall, uh, you know, the defense only gave up what, you know, a couple times, what well, one touch, two touchdowns. So, um, I think that's a, an encouraging sign. And, uh, I, I think there's a lot to like now, you know, going to play in Buffalo in that environment against a really, really good team, a team that some think can make it to the Super Bowl in Vegas in February. Uh, that's going to be a different kind of challenge for the Raiders. And, uh, They'll have to play a lot cleaner. They'll have to clean up the penalties. They've got to execute a lot better on uh, in the red zone when they get their chances. And uh, you know, let's see what happens uh, with the Bills tonight against the Jets. Obviously, yeah. you know, if God, you know, God forbid, Josh Allen gets hurt or something crazy happens, uh, you know, I, I think back to the Demar Hamlin. Incident a year ago uh, in January. Yeah, I mean, but let's assume Buffalo comes out of t- tonight's game fine and they beat the Jets or whatever. Uh, I-, I like to think that they're going to be a tough out playing at home. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I think for the Raiders to start 1-0 is nothing but positive. And I think they could clean up some of the areas where they were lacking and deficient. And for those listening in uh,
2: Southern California and Hawaii, thankfully, Spectrum—if you're—if you, if you're a Spectrum customer—came to an agreement with ESPN, so you do get to watch Monday Night Football and all of the great, uh, you know, Walt Disney-controlled programming. I, I, I was very curious if that was going to happen because it was a. Hmm. You know, we, like, this was a very critical weekend in terms of college football Saturday, U.S. Open. Uh, well, we can be speaking of that because no one knows the sport as well as you do, and you were in uh, New York for the U.S. Open. Your thoughts on the final again, Coco Goff, Novak Djokovic, uh, your thoughts on bo- both of their performances.
1: Well, let's start with the women and, and Coco. Uh, she drops the first set. She's not even in it. Sabalenka is totally dominating her, and I don't know how she pulled this off because she's only 19 years old. She found a way to regroup, kind of reset herself. She breaks her in the second game, winds up winning the second set, and then you know once you're you know even you're you're good to go. It's it's uh, best of one, and you know she had momentum on her side, and and I thought she did a great job. Managing points, staying in the rallies. And she is definitely a player who's got nothing but upside going for her. And I'm not, I I wouldn't even come close to saying she's going to be the next Serena Williams. But I do like the fact that her game has so much more room for growth. And yet here she is, you know, winning a major at the young age of nineteen, much like Serena did. As for the men, I mean, what more can you say about Djokovic? He is just you know, I've always thought Federer in the open air was the best player. Yeah. And and but now I I gotta honestly say that it's it's a joker. He's his defense is just phenomenal. I mean, Medvedev played great tennis for the most part, and he he put on a great show, but Djokovic is just in, a, he's just in a class by himself. So he's got 24 major titles, ties Margaret court. He will win another couple before it's all said and done. He will be the gold standard, the GOAT, whatever you want to characterize him as. And, and it's just amazing at 36 that he's still able to play at such a high level. What is, Steve, what is, I, yeah, Steve you, I couldn't you agree with you more. I mean,
0: he's the best. There's, I don't think that you can define greatness in tennis without putting his name in that category. I kind of wanted to go to the changing of the guard in tennis right now. Um, I was actually talking to my boyfriend about this, um, and we were talking about, you know, all these young kids coming up, and there's really only one or two, right, with Coco Gauff, and um, I believe the... the uh, the Spaniard, is there, do you believe that there's more than one? Because in generations past, there used to be, you know, it was Joker. It was, you know, but do you don't think that there's, yeah. do you not think that there's maybe a changing of the guard of a group of um, kids that are going to be coming up in the next generation? Or is it just maybe one or two that we're
1: going to be seeing? Well, on uh, the men's side, there's certainly some good young American players. You know, Tiafoe, Taylor Fritz, who I wrote about while I was in New York. Um, you know, they've got they've got guys, but they, they're still a, a level below Alcaraz, Djokovic, Medvedev, um, even even the young center of Italy, who's a really really good player. He just winds up getting tough draws, and and he's unable to to close the deal, at least on hardcore uh, On the women's side, you've, you've got a lot of really good players. You know, Ange Dubourg is really good. Sam Malenka is still one of the best. You've got um, Swiatek. And, and obviously, Coco is in there in that conversation. So you've got, you know, it's just, it's an international game. It's tough for the Americans to grow into that, you know that elite class. I mean, it's what it's now twenty some years since Roddick won on the men's side, and so American men's tennis, while it has some very very good players, they're not quite at that elite level. But uh, overall, the game is the game's strong. I mean, you, you go to like any Wells in in March, which is like the fifth major, oh. the fifth Slam. I mean, you get great crowds for these events. You know, Washington, Cincinnati. These tournaments did exceptionally well this year leading up, you know, after Wimbledon to the U.S. Open. So the sport is really healthy. And uh, it's just good to see. And that's why Djokovic, what he continues to do, is just simply amazing at his age because it really is. A younger man's sport because it's so much more of an athletic game, uh, with the equipment and everything. The game is just played at such a faster pace than, uh, back in the seventies and eighties when, you know, guys like Mackerel, Connors, uh, even Sampras and Agassiz were playing. So, uh, no, nah, it's, 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 uh, it's in a good place right now, the game. And there's some really good, young, talented players on both the men's and the women's side.
2: The WNBA playoffs begin uh, Wednesday. You'll be there. Chicago Sky coming to Las Vegas. Uh, listen, a lot of talk about during the season, how the Aces had more wins than any team in WNBA history during the regular season, but it's all about the postseason. Your thoughts on this mm-hmm. team going into the their first playoff game? Well,
1: I, I think they're going to be a tough out no matter what because... The, the way the WNBA is scheduling things, and it's so unfair to the visitor. Yeah. I mean, best of three, <laughs> the Sky has to come to Vegas, play Wednesday, play, stick around and play Sunday, and if somehow they're able to beat Vegas and get a split, then they get to go home with a chance to close it out. To me, that's very, very inequitable. Yeah. I mean, you're not the team... The, the lower seed, you know, much of a chance. And maybe that's by design, although I think it's, it's strictly a financial thing, yeah. to be honest. I've written about how the league has got to, you know, come up with money for these teams to charter all the time so they don't go through what Brittany Griner and the Phoenix Mercury did in Dallas, yeah. you know, when she got accosted by a, a person at the airport because uh, they were flying commercial. All right, for the Aces, not having Candace Parker may come back to bite them in the butt when it's all said and done, if they play New York. Yeah. And I say if because I watched the Liberty lose to the Mystics yesterday on TV uh, because the football games were blowouts in the morning. They are still a vulnerable team without Candace Parker. She's got so much to offer them. Her veteran leadership, her rebounding, her defense, her secondary scoring. It was when I saw them lose to New York in Brooklyn a couple weeks ago, it was so evident to me that they missed her. And and you know, their bench is not deep. And it's interesting that Rakina Williams, who was, you know, involved with her domestic violence case, got it dropped in Vegas because her um, her partner refused to testify and press charges. The team has still not reinstated her yeah okay now you would think that you know somebody of her stature who helped them win it last year and could you know be a factor off the bench would be worth returning her to the floor. but I think there's a lot more to it and and I think that management is just saying, you know what. Probably not worth it. Yeah. And so she, you know, she had a bad back to begin with, and now she still has this thing, you know, hovering over her head. At least, you know, legally she may be off the hook, but at the same time, there, there's a, a moral and ethical thing. And I think the the aces are just going to go without her. So they don't have a very deep bench. You won't see it against Chicago. A team they've dominated and beaten by an average of double digits in every game. And you probably wouldn't even see it in the semis, all right? But if they play the Liberty a Rush, you yeah. all the wax next month, and Candace Parker's not able to be on the floor, it's a huge thing for the Aces to not have her available. Steve, last two minutes, I mean, if
2: that plays out, I think that that would be such an amazing moment for the league when you have these two superpowers, these two super teams playing in the finals. If Las Vegas, again coming off a championship last year, loses in a classic competitive five-game series, how disappointing will that be? Again, this team—it it was championship or bust. But man, what a letdown that, that would be. I mean, I mean, how how would you view this season if they
1: get to the finals and they lose? Last ninety seconds here. I think it would be crushing for their fan base. By the way, they had the biggest crowd in their history yesterday at T-Mobile Arena. They had like uh, 17,000. Know, that's a kind of a Golden Knights crowd. Yeah. And so they should have a really big crowd on, on Wednesday. I think if they come up short, and there's no parade, no matter how long or short that parade will be, that will be very tough for Becky Hammond, her players, Mark Davis, the owner, you know, Allie Williams, the GM, and this fan base. Because... They have obviously dominated during the regular season. Everything is there. Asia Wilson should be the MVP of the league over Bree Stewart. They, they have everything in front of them. And I think Kelsey Plum put it best yesterday when she told Willie Ramirez after the game, regular season doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's all about the postseason. We've got to take care of our business. One game at a time. She gave every cliche in the book. Yeah, I think uh, I think they can get it done It would help them to have Candace Parker on the floor to do it Yeah, we'll see what happens
2: Steve, you'll be there Wednesday Thanks so much for joining us Let's leave it there for now When we come back We'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Fernando Ramirez To talk about another team in the same division The Los Angeles Chargers When we're back Right here on the Mighty 1090 In Southern California The Bet in Las Vegas And the Hawaii Sports Radio Network
0: We go big,
1: we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Steel clown the underground
2: when we come around. Welcome back to the Rushmore Cosby Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Fernando Ramirez. Fernando, how are you?
3: I am doing a lot better than the... Uh, well, I shouldn't say, yeah, I'm not <laughs> to say it. I'm doing, uh, a lot better. Thank you. Oh, how
2: are okay. you? Okay. I am good, uh, Fernando. I was watching that game um, yesterday. And listen, it's, it's the regular season. It's week one. Like, let's not get too crazy, but it was one
3: of those things where I'm
2: thinking... You're Are like, you I sure? Because think- Tua for MVP yeah.
3: is all I keep on hearing. <laughs> Apparently, right? Um, hey, you're, so you're not going to make anything about your Cowboys blowing out the Giants 40-0? to zero? Well, I will say this. So, obviously, <laughs> G. Hayes a Giants
2: fan, and I'm a Cowboys fan, and so... But it was one of those blowouts that was so one-sided, like, I, I didn't take any joy. I mean, G. Hayes stopped watching in the third quarter. I think the ma- majority of the country stopped watching at halftime.
3: I was but- driving down from from Up there, and I asked Suri what the score was, and (laughs) it said 26-0. six zero. I'm like, no, 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 like, what's that? Like, and I had to repeat it, and I'm like, (laughs) wow, I'm like, okay, like that's pretty, that's pretty impressive. So we'll see. I mean, yeah.
0: So I will say, sorry, I for interrupting you, but I will say this: he did give me a little grief in the first segment, so a little (laughs) bit, but I have
2: forty to to nothing, forty to nothing. Come on, but um, we'll see. I mean, listen, I mean, they always like to tease me like even when I went up to Santa Clara for the Cowboys Niners playoff game I said I have no expectation that the Cowboys are going to win they have disappointed me every year since 1997 like I mean if they if they win amazing if they're in Vegas in February playing in the Super Bowl that would be tremendous but listen to what I want to talk to you about is I'm watching the Chargers game and I'm two things how is the defense going to look And if they're leading in the fourth quarter, can they hold on to that lead? And I know it's just week one, but they really failed at two of the things that I was very much looking forward to. Uh, Obviously, much like a Chargers game showed signs of greatness, much like a Chargers game, one of, if not the most exciting team on TV, uh, those games are going to be close. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be like a missed PAT and perhaps a game-winning drive and it doesn't happen. Just put it into context, uh, again, just week one, but... if you were hoping for a little bit something different, Fernando, I don't know if you got what you wanted to see if you're a Chargers fan.
3: I mean, obviously not because the que- and the questions were were given to Brandon Staley after. You've been here now. This is your third year. There was a lot of excitement. Arash, you, you've heard it too. There was a lot of excitement around the defense. Like, this is our defensive personnel. Yeah. Finally, he was going to put this into effect. And the defense laid an egg. And it's not just... It's the little things, Arash. The the flag on jc jackson uh right before uh half time that sets up the field goal then he gets an interception <coughs> congratulations he runs it out of the end zone and and uh, only gets nine yards justin herbert is sacked at the one yard line which oh. makes them punt out of their own end zone what happens the 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 dolphins get the ball at the 35 yard they start with the ball at their own third or at the charge 35 yard line quick pass to tyree kill and he walks into the end zone it's incredible to me. I, I mean, craziness is doing the same thing twice and expecting different results. Yeah. This was, this was, they were not jamming at the line, the way they were last year, the cornerbacks that to me was amazing to see that then crossing routes were, was beating them. They were just cr- crossing, crossing, same thing over and over, just crossing routes, crossing routes. In the fourth quarter, Washington, I think Mike McDaniel is very underrated as a play caller. In the fourth quarter, what would he go to? The long ball. He's like, okay, we're setting him up with these crossing routes for in the fourth quarter to burn him with just straight up going deep. They had third and 10. Couldn't get tired. Ty- Ty- there it goes to Tyree kill. They had third and 15 to Tyree kill. Jazier Taylor on that last play that set up uh, uh, that set up that it was third and 15. They go to Tyree kill down the line. Him and the safety just look confused. Um, I noticed that Mike McDaniel was going away from Derwin James on almost every play, which is kind of a Bill Belichick trait. You go away from their best offensive player. No pass rush. You couldn't sack Tua. I know I'm kind of going on a rant, but there's just so much to list. Kenneth Murray looked lost at times. Like, it just, it's not a good look. I know it's only week one, but this is just little by little the stuff, the glimpses that you've been seeing of the negativity, and it sucks because the offense had a great game. I mean, uh-huh. and, and, and they ran the ball really well, but then Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett, and Quinton Johnston were barely even featured in this game. So there's some good, there's some bad, but the offense did well. They weren't perfect, but the defense just overshadowed everything, and it's just, it's just a terrible look on, on their part.
2: How did the team respond? Uh You, you kind of talked about what Brandon said. Um, the feel of the players in the locker room. Again, I mean, uh, you, you'd, you'd love to have the season begin with a week one win at home. But uh what
3: was the feel like? They all gave credit to the Dolphins. But at the same time, Sebastian Joseph Day said this is an outlier. Yeah. And it the way he explained it, it kind of did seem like it was an outlier because he's like, We ran the ball for 200 yards. That's how teams beat us last year. Yeah. We took care of the football. We didn't have a turnover. They had two turnovers, and we still lost the game. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. And he's like, he thought it was an outlier. Khalil Mack said that they need to put in the tape. He said it was a humbling loss. And Derwin James said that they still believe in Brandon Saley's message. He's like, it's not because Brandon Saley took it upon himself and said, I have to do better. That's kind of the same message we've been hearing for the last two years, though when they have a bad defensive performance, Derwin said it's on the players, that the players <laughs> need to be held accountable too. But just all around Arash, it just looks like a bad, uh, it's a bad performance. And then, oh, hey, guess what? Next weekend, you got Derrick Henry yeah, and uh, and what they do. And I know that Ryan Tannehill just got off throwing three picks to the Saints. But man, that's that next game, and that's the thing, Mike McDaniel attacked their weakness, which was a speedy, speedy receivers, they can't defend them. So next week, what's one of their big weakness?es They can't stop the run. I bet you uh, Mike Vrabel uh, has a heavy dosage of Derrick Henry next weekend.
2: One of the things that you touched on was that with the way that the st- with, with the way that the Chargers' schedule shapes out at the beginning, uh, that they should have a a, a a pretty good start. Whether it's it's 5 and one, six and 1. Uh where was that one loss? I, I'm assuming it was the Chiefs maybe, but now having seen them week 1, obviously they they lose week 1. So just to give you like uh and I know you know this, but just for the uh for the folks at home, uh they go on the road to play Tennessee, back home, uh, no, they go on the road again to play the Vikings, home to the Raiders, home to the Cowboys, on the road to the Chiefs. Um now having seen them week 1, how do you
3: see, see the beginning um do they have two husses or or what? 4 4 and 3. 4. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. I think that Cowboys game now from what I just saw from the Cowboys defense uh it looks pretty it looks pretty good. I mean, it's only week 1. Yeah. Um again, the the Chargers the Chargers weakness isn't their defense. It's their or their offenses or special teams. Or not, ding. Their defense is their weakness. The special teams and the offense are good. Yeah. But I, I just think if you can't defend C.D. Lamb by that point, and and uh, and that's going to be a revenge game, I think for Kellen Moore. But that defense just looks really good. Um, I mean Daniel Jones and Justin Herbert are two completely different styles of quarterback. But um, but I don't know if that Chiefs game is going to be a loss, Arash. I, okay. I, for some reason, these guys play them very hard. I think that's more of a. A coin flip if anything mm-hmm. but that cowboys game now looks a little bit more whoa the tampa bay did you see justin jefferson yesterday yeah. they lost to tampa bay well, he did not look happy, and he was on the verge of signing a new contract if i'm him i don't i, <laughs> I don't know if i sign that new contract just yet uh you you're you're at the age where you have options you can go other places somebody else will pay you that money i think he has to be in i, I think he has to be considering uh doing that but yeah, the Cowboys and the Chiefs games are going to be the two hardest games that they have uh, c- coming up in that stretch before they play the Bears and they play uh, on Monday night against the the Jets.
2: Um, the, the, this game was happening around the same time, but just um – the Rams was that? Do you think? Um, listen, I, I, I thought a take. I had to do on that one too. Yeah, I so I mean, more. here's the thing. I think when 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 people talk about the Rams tanking, I said that's not in Sean McVay's DNA, and he's a very good coach and he's a very good play caller. I think that 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 team will surprise some some people. Now again, it's week one. How good is Seattle? How good are the Rams? Your thoughts, real quick, on that. Again, I, I know that that was happening the same time that you were at SoFi for the Chargers yeah. game, but like you said, like look looking look up at that TV. They dominated them in the second half. It wasn't even close. Yeah,
3: yeah if you're the Jets, you're a little – or Jets, thing? If you're the <laughs> Seahawks, you're a little concerned because the Geno Smith experiment worked last year. Yeah. But I was hesitant to give him that contract extension because I don't know if Geno's that guy, and I think DK Metcalf is going to start getting a little – by the way, after the game, he's like, I couldn't name one player in that secondary. I'm like, dang, dude. I'm like – Relaxed a little bit but uh it, it's a week one victory I mean it's impressive that's another thing too that's why I, I couldn't use the word tank I guess I, I think the Cardinals are tanking I couldn't yeah. use tank with the Rams just because McVay doesn't look like that kind of guy especially if my theory comes true that this is last season coaching the Rams and I think he'll take some time away especially with his uh kid about to be born and everything I'm sure he wants a maybe going to broadcasting for a year or two because he seems like that kind of guy that he would want to be there for his child growing up for a little bit and then maybe come back into coaching later but um but i I just i don't think they're gonna tank i think that was a good there was a good victory for them but how consistent is that going to be now that teams have tape on them and Uh and everything so i'm interested to see what happens next but yeah the seahawks that that was, I think that that loss was more about the Seahawks than it was about the Rams. I guess, in my opinion, just because I mean, moving forward, like the Seahawks, some people have them in the Super Bowl, but yeah. now you have to really question: like, is Geno Smith our guy? Do we have to start looking elsewhere? That's what I've been saying that they kind of have to look elsewhere. But obviously, I'm I'm a hater because uh, people are like, "Oh, this is Geno Smith's revenge tour." I don't know about that. I I would pump the brakes on that because the Rams' defense that and like I said, Les Snead knows what he's doing. He's yeah. very good at drafting guys that diamonds in the rough. But they they took it to Gino with that kind of uh, defense. They 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 took it to Gino, So I, uh, I I would be a little hesitant if I was a Seahawks fan right now with my uh, quarterback situation. Uh, Fernando, I want to switch over to
0: the Rams um, and that performance that they did have yesterday. Um, what were your thoughts on that? And I know that you said that this was more Seattle's game to lose as opposed to the Rams game to win. But I just don't want to just um, know some of those some of those young kids, specifically um, one that we can barely pronounce, but he's going to be a stud. The wide receiver. In- <laughs> He, he, uh, Nico uh, am I'm, I'm I love always gonna him. butcher his name, this poor kid, kid from BYU, but he is a beast and I saw it from day one. Um I just I love him. I think he's gonna be the next Cooper Cup. I think he's like very Cooper Cup esque. Um, what did you think about this new Rams team or look um on the offensive end and
3: on the defensive end? I mean, obviously the 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 kid got Daniel Jeremiah excited on iPhone <laughs> Network. A date a <laughs> three pick, usually you're kinda like just going through the motions he got excited he said it was going to be a good move um a lot of people had written off also Tutu out well and, yep. and he had a strong game
0: yeah uh, great game
3: yeah yeah so i mean two guys combining like they look like they were the the Keenan Emlin and Mike Williams i mean 10 catches 119 yards <laughs> six catches 119 yards like that's really impressive from both guys but um but obviously uh the kids impressive but Like, I kind of – I'm very hesitant to get excited about anything week one just because now everybody's going to have tape on this kid. now. Because a lot of people had not seen him run with the ones because we know Sean McVay doesn't play his guys uh, Mm -hmm. during preseason. But now I'm going to be interested to see what they look like moving forward. Uh, Kyron Williams was the guy that I kept on hearing about when I was at Notre Dame. They said, oh, that guy's a really good pass catcher. He's a good runner. He had uh, 52 yards and two touchdowns. Um, (coughs) The Cam Akers – Holy crap. 22 <laughs> carries, 29 yards. Like, yeah. that's pretty – Uh, that, that that's crazy to only average 1.3 yards a carry. But, no, kudos to these guys. I'm sure Sean McVay must have given them a speech the night before <laughs> or the morning of or something. Or maybe it was Aaron Donald. Somebody had to have given these guys yeah. a speech and said, hey, no, everybody's counting us out. They're saying this about us. They're saying that we're going to be – trash this year let's go out there and prove them wrong and they went in there and they they beat the crap out of the seahawks and i know like there's just a weird dynamic where like the rams always give the seahawks trouble the seahawks always give the 49ers trouble it's like uh and the cardinals just give themselves trouble uh, but everybody, everybody else kind of fights and intertwines with each other but uh but no you have to be impressed with the rams i mean even matthew stafford who uh 24 of 38 334 like that's yeah, that defense. Who I thought that defense was going to be really good. Yeah, um, I, I'm very impressed to be honest. And well, Bobby Wagner had 19 combined tackles. Wow. But uh, um, nice. yeah, no. But it just it, the, the the Seahawks have to be worried. Rams fans. I mean, I think you can breathe a little bit for right now. But uh, next week, San Francisco. That's going to be a t- especially with what they just did to Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? yeah. They, they, you have to be a little bit worried. If uh, well, I mean, I guess if you're a Rams fan, I mean, you don't have to be super worried. But like. That that that's scary. What they did uh, to the four to the Steelers last uh, on Sunday.
2: Fernando, the Padres are coming to the town, coming to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers again. You know, listen. I think if you were a Dodgers fan, you were excited about this season. But after what has happened to Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw, maybe hitting a wall, Tony Gonsolin, Tommy John surgery, Dustin May, Tommy John surgery, Walker Buehler is out for the season. Uh, I mean, he was, but uh, there was hope that he may come back. That's not happening. Um, listen, your, your thoughts on this series again, the, 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 season has certainly not gone the way that the Padres have gotten and the Dodgers, despite running away with the division, really not really going into the postseason If this holds up with the pitching staff, not with a ton of hope.
3: Yeah, no, I, I mean, the Padres took the first one from the Astros and they lost two in a row. Uh, again, this is just a sinking ship. I know fans are excited that Far is back. The one thing I'm really wondering though is that who really is there's going to be a scapegoat after this year. And yeah. I know you're asking me about the game, but who's going to be is it like, is uh, Seidler really going to pull the trigger and say, hey, I've given you already a lot of managers. You've had your opportunities. That's it. Like, you're done, AJ Preller. Yeah. Or is, because to me, I'm nervous that AJ Preller is going to go <laughs> into the offseason and again say, you know what, F it, let's go get. Uh, Shohei Otani straight <laughs> some prospects and bring in like Ethan Salas or, or one of these guys, go in there and trade those guys and bring in another superstar and just completely deplete their farm system. Uh-huh. Um, but supposedly, according to I, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but that supposedly the talks for an extension between the team and Juan Soto are very good. I don't know what that means. Um, just because obviously, uh, what's where is Juan Soto's head at? He's a World Series champion, he was a big part of that World Series when the Nationals won it, but, um, but yeah, the Padres have a lot of questions, Bob. I don't think Bob Melvin's a problem to be honest, Arash. I really no. think that he's done it before with worse teams with less money. Um, but this series, I, I'm just, I'm ready to see how many boo birds come like how loud it's going to be when Fernando Tati's junior and Manny Machado come to the plate. Uh, I don't think Dodger fans are going to boost Soto cause I think they could see an opportunity where maybe yeah. Soto comes up and, uh, um, maybe uh, Soto is a a, a guy. That maybe they could bring in uh, yeah. if he hits free agency. But uh, Dodger fans are smart in that way. I don't think they boo everybody because they're like, yeah. "Oh, you know what?" It I mean, look at contract situations and they're like you might be able to be a Dodger. So no, I'm not gonna boo you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is gonna be. A, I think this is gonna be a rough series, uh, especially because of uh, both teams are kind of headed in the same direction, but in different ways, I guess, in a sense.
2: Last two minutes, uh, today's a historical day in the uh, history of the WWE. It's the the last day, and I kind of thought this had happened prior to that, but officially today's the last day Vince McMahon will be the owner. Oh, there we go, WrestleMania 29. I don't know, is that, that, yeah, all right. Yeah, Uh, Johnson and The Rock 2. Amazing. Twice
3: in a lifetime, Mirage.
2: All right, put it in context, the significance. I think think Vince is still going to have a lot of control at the beginning. I don't know how long-term that's going to be, but really, the significance today's the last day. Vince McMahon, the majority owner of the WWE.
3: I never thought this day would come until he maybe passed away. Yeah, right. I think it's crazy that uh, this is going to happen. Uh, so, Johnny Gargano comes out next week and has a match. Is Vince just going to flip the table and get pissed off? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> honestly, it's kind of the end of an era. I mean, Vince really built, like, I think he kind of took the Kobe Bryant effect that, like, remember, uh, joe bryant was okay he was good but kobe had always said if he took it seriously like he could grow he could have been a great nba player yeah i, I, I don't mean to like go on a rant, but i think vince took what his father did and built it and turned it into a spectacular <coughs> company event john cena the rock yeah. stone cold steve austin roman reigns like it just turned into such an incredible company, and I'm honestly interested to see what happens with Endeavor. Uh, you keep on hearing rumors about CM Punk potentially coming back. Yes. I kind of feel like it's going to be Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, and all of a sudden, na, 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 oh, yeah, he comes out, and they, all three of them are in the ring looking at each other. But uh, if CM, by the way, real quick, Vince, if CM Punk does make the jump back into WWE, that opens a floodgates. Cody Rhodes did it, and now CM Punk, That's did it. True. who else could do it? Uh, but the end of an era and Vincent, man, I tip my hat off to you. You might not have, I may not have always agreed with the, the decisions that you made, but man, you've made it so fun. And, and I appreciate everything that you did for my childhood and everything uh, moving forward. So thank you, Vince. I think that's neat yeah. to be the narrative tonight. Thank, thank you. Vince. Vince. Don't think about the negative. Think about exactly.
2: The positive. And uh, listen, ho- hopefully uh, let's see if he has a, a moment tonight, but listen, he's, he's still going to be very prominent, but um, all right. Fernando, you're the best. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe
1: and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.